We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to the Underrated Podcast. This is a brand new podcast where we discuss films that we feel are underrated or perhaps underappreciated or even ones that have just slipped under the radar that pass most people by. This show is a collaboration of friends and podcasters comprising of Alan and Fred Torres, myself, Ariel Ortiz, and my brother, Sergio Ortiz. And we are also Derek McDuff. Thank you. And together we are the Undercast Company. So today we are talking about a movie called The Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's Best a movie ever. 2010 Disney film starring Teresa Palmer, Alfred Molina, Jay Bruchel, and the ever iconic legend of his own actor, Nicolas Cage. The film received moderate reviews with a 6.1 on IMDb and only a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. All things considered, though, with a $150 million budget, it did make it back the money back, making it a little over $215 million worldwide. Given that this was both a Disney and a Jerry Bruckheimer film in the midst of the high points of Pirates of the Caribbean and, other, and the other Nick Cage classic of National Treasure, that probably might have been a simple thing to do. But for me, I feel it actually deserves a bit more. Unlike National Treasure, this one seems to fall under the radar it's an enjoyable movie that builds on the classic Fantasia iconic film that it got its name from and general premise. It's about a novice sorcerer's apprentice who is a bit over his head and combines it with the other classic story of Merlin and his fight against Morgana and, of course, science. Um, hey, Derek, can you cue in right here? Yes. She blinded me with science. Please, for a soundbite, you know, the... She blinded me with science. We're just going to use that. That was perfect right there. Science. We got the science. That was good. Um, so uh, yeah, I didn't already started. All right. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I didn't know it was based on Fantasia. I saw yeah. the, the, the scene. That's the, mo- the mob scene. The mob scene. I was like, yeah. are they referencing themselves? Yeah. My, my dude, it, it was called Sorcerer's Apprentice. Isn't it like, like kind of give you dun, 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 No, dun, yeah, dun, but yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't think it was specifically that. Like, I thought it was an original, like, I IP. See. I see. Well, I want to mention, though, by the way. What do you guys think of the movie overall? Well, well let's, we want to say, well, by the way, uh, it actually flopped at the box office um, when yeah. you consider marketing. It, that's why they were building up for a sequel, never got a sequel. It was uh, it was even put on number one on the top ten box office flops of 2010 so far by Parade Magazine. So it was uh, not doing super well financially, even though, it, like you said, it had all these things going for it, like Nick Cage and, and the man with the lightning hits the tree, Jerry Bruckheimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like um, overall, it, it, it yeah, it could have been received better. I think it kind of like got overcompassed by the other n- Nick Cage movie that was around the time of National Treasure. Connor. Well, it opened at number three. It opened behind uh, uh, Inception and Stiff Me, which I actually like both those movies, but yes. had some stiff competition. Mm. 
But I, I loved the movie. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but it was just peak Nick Cage for me. Like, I, I'm a big Nicolas Cage fan. I know a lot of people don't. It's not He's not their thing. But I think Nicolas Cage, because he's, he's not a traditional method actor. Like, he's not a Daniel Day-Lewis or like a, um, you know, a... If I may interject, yeah. I believe he's, he's full method, full crazy method. Uh, when he comes and he hits hard, it, uh, it's uh He's crazy. It's, it's, it's magic. But he's it's more magic. in line with uh, other kind of, like, styles. Like, he's really inspired by German Expressionism and, like, Kabuki and a lot of weird shit that isn't really, like, mainstream film. Okay. <laughs> and that's why he is God. And that's why I think he works so well in this movie. Because sometimes he doesn't really work super well in movies because it'll be, like, a kind of more serious movie and the people around him are more serious. But when you have a movie where he's, like, you know, a 12,000-year-old sorcerer who's just, you know, he's kind of lost his mind a little bit because he's been trapped in a jar for 10 years as well with, you know, Alfred Merlina. I think it works really fucking well. And his weird-ass performance totally works in support of this movie. Yeah, I think despite all the jokes and the memes that surround him, Nick Cage is actually a pretty good actor that has, like, a huge range in his acting. I, I really, and, and I think his range goes from yelling to yelling even louder. Well, I, no, I'd you know say what? from Ghost Rider to Noir Spider-Man Honestly, to a multi-haired <laughs> One Punch Man from Con Air. Really? Oh, yeah, that's right. No, you One know, Punch Man. <laughs> one Punch Man. No, I'm not going to lie. I think where he got his inspiration, I think this is the theory. You know that scene in Batman where Michael Keaton is with uh, the love interest and the Joker comes in to kind of interrupt it? And he, Michael oh, Keaton's you like, You want to get oh, nuts? Yes. Let's I think, get nuts. I think it's that scene. I think yeah. he just watched that movie and was just like, I want to get nuts. Well, I'm going to get nuts in every feature film. Because he was fucking crazy in Vampire's Kiss, and that came out before uh, Batman, I want to say. I've never seen it, so I don't know. Okay. I'll check that. All right, up next for the podcast. Yeah. That would be a good topic. Well... I recommended this movie. I recommended. Thank you. The Sorcerer's Apprentice for the. Yeah, underrated. good call on that one, Sergio. Thank you. Um, but one thing that you have to remember that it is from Disney. And this is, I mean, would you consider, like, I wouldn't consider just, like, the whole story of Merlin. Yeah. D- Disney knocked it out of the park. All right. Yeah. It's the best movie ever. And but again, it, another banger. It's uh, not. It's not. Move over, Pixar. Here comes Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and but by the way, Van- I just checked. Move Vampire's Kiss came out in 1989, <laughs> same year as Batman '89. Oh, it did. So yeah, there so you go. He, he was doing the right, crazy b- shit right before the same it came time. out. Right before he came out, he was like Michael Keaton. I like that. It's exactly what I'm going to do. But I think for the, every movie. I think that's the whole point of like Disney. I think it might actually happen even more now. Now this year they have like what 19 movies coming out at the same time. That there's going to be these instances with. It's a Disney movie, so of course. it's probably going to be pretty good but there's going to be these ones that come under the radar because there's so much coming out and yeah that's what i was saying is that this isn't really i mean unless you count the disney name it's not really tied to any sort of property well i mean fantasia but it's but in it's not, name only it's like, not yeah. advertised really that's right they only do a firework show for it every night <laughs> yeah and that is a stellar sequence from the Fantasia. That's the one everybody mm-hmm. remembers from Fantasia, the it, source it of Prince like scene. Somebody it's very, very excuse loosely based me, on that. Don't, don't, don't throw my boy Trinobog under the bus. <laughs> that was the most uh, infamous scene from uh, Fantasia, right? No, it felt like somebody had an, had an idea. They got an idea from Fantasia to make it a contemporary story, which it is. It's set in like modern-day New York. It's very New Yorkish, and I love it just because it's how modern it is and how it felt like somebody had an idea and Disney let them do it. Well, I, I think it was like they had an idea. They're like, okay, somebody's like, we got to make, we've got this um, thing that people know, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Let's make that into a movie. You know, whenever people get the idea to make this, this whatever, like small property into a full feature length movie, 
doesn't usually doesn't turn out that well. And I think the script is like you know nothing to you know write home about. Like it's very just kind of generic hero's journey. But you have these actors in it that elevate it to that next level. That the performances in this movie really kind of take this story and make it something great. Yeah, I mean, but while we're still on the topic of like it really not being fortright in its Disney-ness, uh, there are a bunch of like Easter eggs too that pay homage. Like there's like at the beginning he has a Buzz Lightyear alarm clock. He uh, mm-hmm. there's the Aladdin's lamp and Balthazar's like. I, I got it. The scene where the mops come out. It's a reference to Latinos who uh, are janitors. Shout out to the janitors. <laughs> well, that's the overall like actual main. Homage, and that's the one that that was included the, in the in the um, trailer. It was also for this a big movie. part. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. It was very subtle. It's like when there was a scene with like all the cockroaches and stuff. A yeah. bug's life. Oh, really <laughs> beautiful. Uh, yeah, it, uh, if you look down, you can see that. Uh, what's that one bug's name? Uh, the main one. Flick. A bug's life. Flick. That's his name, no, right? A bug's all life. Names? Yeah. They're all called a bug's life. Is, yeah, see? a bug's life. Yeah, you see that. You see that guy, and then what was that other movie that came out that wasn't Bugs Life? Oh, Ants, Ants starring yeah. um, starring that cockroach who was in it, and he was in the cockroach. Yes. Um, uh, nice. Uh, Papa Roach. Uh, shout out to uh, Papa Roach wherever they are. No, but what? like for, for that, the since we're talking about that homage, it was actually pretty good homage. Like it, it down to like um, Jay Bouchel's David's um, wardrobe. He was wearing like a red sweater and blue jeans to make kind of mimic a sorcerer's make yeah and then yeah. he put the hood on too like yeah. the whole thing um, the on, so I I've, like, oh, I've got a date in a couple hours Nicolas Cage um, what am I gonna do I've got to clean up um I don't know and it's it's little wanted to do that it's little details like that that you can tell that somebody whoever was in charge of making this movie did care about it that's and right. Otherwise, they wouldn't have left in those little. They they went out of their way to add those little nuances in there. That's right. Oh, because you said he's from New York, right? That mm-hmm. this was taking place in mm-hmm. New York. All he was missing was his Tim's dog. When he had that mm-hmm. hoodie on, no. all he was missing was those Tim's, and then he'd be set. Yeah, those were not the correct shoes. No. I know. I know. Like those shoes were supposed to give him like electricity yeah. or whatever. These are back. old man shoes. Old man shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah nah, he needed but, Tim's. But you know what? He needed Tim's. If he wants some street cred, Tim's. Tim's. Timberlands. Timberlands. I'm white. Oh, okay. Tim's. Yeah, no, no, no. Tim's. If he needed some hood, you gotta explain this shit to white people. Because he's if he's gonna be a hood magic man, you know. Because that's where they are they're in New York, maybe the Bronx. You know, shout out to them. You know, we we in the West Coast over here, but shout out to them. Uh, you know, you need your oh, West Coast, dude. What are you talking about? N- but like, I felt like it was actually it being set in um, New York was actually a really good thing because it, of how diverse and cultures and things like that New York is. So it kind of played into the whole storyline, especially with them going to Chinatown and the when the I did Chi- like that. Oh, the, the China- Mortal Kombat scene. Yeah. That guy was straight out of Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that, that was amazing. Shang Tsung, Liu Kang, which one do you think? Uh, Kung Lao. Ooh, Kung Pao Chicken. Kung Lung? Okay. Uh, <laughs> the dragon. <laughs> let's not even go there because you're opening wounds that hurt. But yeah, overall, I, I think that it was just, I liked it. It was just a really good telling of the the classic hero's journey. of the, You have all those beats, you know, like the call to action, the refusal of the call. The um, you know, then he he, he decides he comes back and call. And everybody in this movie, by the way, is fucking killing it. Even like the smaller actors, like I didn't like know- his friend, like the, the whole like callback to him, like you know what you're doing, you're participating. Yeah. And that was like a funny. Like, and I got a shout too. out to um Toby Cabell, who like this was like before he was in Planet of the Apes. Nobody knew who he was. Mm-hmm. He's like the kind of uh, evil apprentice, the evil sorcerer's apprentice. He's fucking hilarious in this movie. I like, yeah. er, like he's that guy. That guy was like magician. I thought he was supposed to be part of like the Spice Girls or some shit. No. He was like, like he, he was, was kind of like the David Blaine s kind of like street. No, no, no. Like, he was not supposed street, to be a, a Chris Angel. Chris Angel, David yeah. Blaine, kind of that like Chris Angel like creepy. 
be like David Blaine. Yeah, I mean, they don't look like that. Like I was like, yo, I think this one wanted to be part of the Spice Girls. Listen, listen, dude, like, he's hey, man, so dude. fucking good. He sells it. Listen, like, the problem was on that he was going to tell you what he wants, what he really, really wants, and you couldn't accept it. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't. I was like, no, man. Um, he was too dirty. He, he was going to give you that zigzag. But yeah, every he's like he steals the scenes for that. He's in Alfred Molina is the bad guy in this, and he's fucking amazing. Uh huh. Using his uh, is that is that his actual accent? I final? think he's he's actually yeah he's he's yeah, British. Yeah, he's British. Yeah, he's British, right? Or not not French? He's British, right? No, he's not French. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so he gets to use his own accent, and yeah, he was like just Alfred Molina himself is like a, such a great actor, and and in this one it's very he's pretty much enjoyable. He's like a really good heel. To Nicholas Cage's Balthazar, and just always like he, you know, he seems like he's one step ahead, but but not like overdoing it, like a manic supervillain. You know, he just is that. So it's pretty. It was I. I it's uh, the reason why I, that it, it's one of my f- favorite under the radar kind of Disney movies for sure. And then uh, with the love interest, um, oh yeah, Monica Bellucci uh, was my love interest. Tell she him. was so, so you bomb. Just talk about Nick Cage's love. Tell him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, T- Tessa Palmer. She's really good. She's. Uh, I, I. You know. I like whenever she shows them stuff. Listen. I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to interject. But you guys have been missing the star of this whole movie, and that was the uh, Metal Eagle that they fly. That Metal Eagle. Was, I know. That was because, dope. That was ridiculous, listen, but I love it. Because listen, if if he wasn't there to catch uh, uh, Nicholas Cage when he jumped off that building, he would be di- dead, right? Doesn't he fly them a couple different times? Oh, like, he, 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 was yeah. like he was like their magic carpet. He was the unsung hero. Never, never, never gave him a name. Never acknowledged him. So you know what? Uh, he's going to get a name today. And uh, Empire State Building Steelbird. Yo. It was in the credits. Did you know? Just Steelbird. Scammer. Hey, we're just going to call him Steel. Scammery? Scammery, yeah. Steel, watch out. Watch out. Uh, Superman, here comes he was Steel. Going to, he was going to Paris at the end. I'm going to call him the Falcon Zord, but, you know, that's cool, too. So it's like, oh, that was an homage. Sorry, that was an homage to, to the, the Power Rangers. The Power Rangers shout out to, movie. Shout out to the Power Ranger movie with the Falcon Zord. If mm-hmm. it wasn't for that, uh, this this uh, this Falcon would never exist. The joke explained podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we've been all over the fucking so. place with this <laughs> podcast. So just just like the magic that's out of this world, so is our topics. Well, magic is is physics actually. Magic and science. And, um, yeah, and I like that. Like, yeah, I do a, like that. That it's the same myself. kind of beat as like you know. It was a year before Thor did the kind of same thing where magic mm-hmm. is science and science is magic. They're kind of indistinguishable. They work together. I like that both sides Whoa, were like, and they're both from Disney. Ooh, ooh. ooh there actually, it is. that was when Thor was still under Paramount or something else, but still. Uh, and I like that they are both like accepting of that. Like, oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah it's science and magic. I, I there's, love that trope. Space yeah. For both. Mm-hmm. I actually hate that trope. I don't like that. I like when they're like separate. No, nope. I'm just not a fan of it because I'm like, magic is just magic. It can be anything. It can be cosmic. When they have to like make it real, it kind of takes me out of it. Like I, I thought it was kind of cool for this movie. It were, and because they're kind of like it's it's in this movie. It's kind of like magic, kind of is science. They're still separate things, but they like they do work together. Like science still has to, or magic still has to follow the laws of science, and I like that. I don't know. I've always been a fan of just like magic is magic. It can be anything. You don't really know. It's mysterious. I just I don't like when they, I, I when like they have that to too, bring it down. But I, to I like both. I like both. You know. Listen, I don't think we're going well back for this to movie. the the falcon. The I was going to say falcon. I'm sorry. Falcon sword. Falcon sword. The eagle. Yeah. The steel eagle. Can we talk about like how good, even especially for the time that it was, like the CGI and practical? Oh yeah, the special effects are incredible. Like that, f- the green was, fire shit. Yeah, but so let me. Um, so there's a mixture of CGI and practical effects. Like some of the fire elements were mm-hmm. like practical effects, and if you look at, if you ever go back and look at the behind the scenes stuff, so I feel like that that mixture was actually pretty good. 
of a, a mixture of CGI and practical effects, and it yeah. kind of made it a lot more believable and grounded. No, I, I agree with that, and that's the thing I'm always talking about. Whenever I see movies, I always am a big fan of the mixture of CGI and practical. You use CGI for the stuff you can't do practically. That's why I think Jurassic Park is still one of the greatest mm-hmm. movies of all time because it yes, does such a great combination much, yes. of CGI. And, what and is this, way, this, uh, does that you, have you not seen Jurassic World? Oh my God! When did this come out again? Uh, 2010. 2010. Oh, wow. And yeah, I mean, I think though it's aged well, I, though it, it's it aged well, and I don't think it's really a surprise that the CGI is is good. I mean, I mean, at that time, that's when all like the big bangers were coming out, Marvel movies were coming out. So I'm not really surprised about that, especially since like Scott Pilgrim came out that same year. Yeah, and that movie again did the whole thing with like practical effects and oh. CGI. Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, man. I guess it would. <laughs> might have to do, we might have to cover that movie on uh, this podcast. Um, that movie I'll do it lost now. A shit ton of money. I will cover it <laughs> yeah, right now. We're just going to switch. Uh, this, is now, this is now about... Somehow beat it at the box office. This, this and I was like, what the fuck? All I got to say to this is, if you haven't seen The Sorcerer's Apprentice, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, it's it's something yeah. that needs to be watched. Like, yeah. like honestly, it's such a good movie that my kids that are that are haters with a lot of movies have actually been watching that movie like twenty four seven for the last three days after I watched it. I mean, day and night, and they're upset that because uh, I only rented it through like Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. They're mad that it's gone now. And it's it's cheesy, but it's Next like fun gift. cheesy. You know, yeah. especially being like a Disney um, fan. If you're a Disney fan, you'd find very much appreciate yeah. that. They're like they kind of like that's one of my favorite parts is that they took like this small story that is well known mm-hmm. to especially to Disney fans of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. It's like you know it's classic Mickey, but then they kind of like took it in a different direction that you wouldn't have thought about yeah, in a I, way. Yeah, because it it is like that kind of it's I think it's a PG thirteen, so it's not like mm. so, it's kids PG. can watch it, but it's not kiddish. Okay, mm. well, it's, it's PG, not and that surprised me. But it's it's not yeah, it's not super kiddish. You can like watch this movie as an adult. Like they imply killing a kid off. They fucking kill a guy. The, the guy, uh, Alfred Molina's character, like, this dude honks oh, yeah. at him, and then he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah my way, and then he throws yeah, knives right that. at him, and I was like, holy shit, that That's, was intense. Mm-hmm. Alfred Molina's not fucking around in this movie, guys. No, he tells him to break yourself, oh, and then not, shoots Yeah, him. he does. He's like, yo, I'm, I'm gonna go Doc Ock on your ass. Yeah. I'm not, That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little bit worried when the prologue started. It's just like this voiceover, and it's cheesy. I was like, so, this isn't great. I forgot about that prologue. Okay, prologue so, is bad. So, first oh, off, it's cringe. It's real cringe. First of all, uh, that child for, himself was no. not part of the whole movie. Okay, that's so, not the prologue. That's not the prologue. Can we start off real fast? So, can we go into like now what everybody thought? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, but, yeah. Because like, now, now, like, so now we're going to be like dissecting every scene. But I think what we should do is, Junior, since you picked it out, can you give us your your how you felt about it? Why you picked it? Overall, no. Overall. Um, oh, don't worry. Alfred Molina is my more handsome doppelganger, so don't even trip. God, I wish Damn. it was Alfred Molina after watching that movie. Uh, I'm, I'm Jay Bruchel. Baruchel? I never know how to pronounce that guy's fucking last name. <laughs> Baruchel? I think it's Baruchel. Anyway. So, <laughs> after uh, my overall like analysis of it is basically just like, well, it, it's a good movie. And I think where it, it flaws in the more technical sense of it, it makes up for it in heart. And this movie does have heart, which is good to see, and especially in a, a smaller Disney movie. It's not tied to any brand, and it's not you know trying to really please anybody that much. It it had an, I feel like they had an idea, and then they wanted to make that idea. And casting wise, it's really perfect. Um, Nicolas Cage, of course, is Nicolas Cage, but at the same time, he's not. As always, that's Nicolas Cage. Always doing something different, that guy. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, like I said, the technical flaws of it, there's some editing choices, there's some scenes that I wish that weren't there. And just like there's a, there is a lot of cheese, but that a lot of cheese does come from the heart, you know, mm-hmm. not it's not forced or anything. And, you know, it was just naturally cheesy characters and a naturally cheesy story. The cheese came from the heart, not from real cows. The real California cows. <laughs> real that, cheese comes cheese from California. From that's fr- that's, that's from a real New cheese. York. New York pizza, dog. Uh, Pace? New York City. So, yeah. I, rec- I really recommend this, that you guys watch this. And it's really fun. Especially if you watch it with a friend or you get high or something. Yo. That's what I did. Actually, smoke weed every day. Hey, this podcast got real loud right now. You guys, come on. This is a uh, drug free zone. We, uh, we, this is Mark XE for explicit on iTunes. Uh, can we oh, can I not say that? No, you can say can it. We got, the, we got the red E. We can say whatever uh, the fuck we want. Can you, guys, nice. can you guys turn it down because it got way too loud here? So <laughs> this guy gets a reference over here. I understood that reference. Yeah, because when you smoke weed, it gets real loud. I mean, that's just, that's just, uh, yeah. It's not the noise level, guys. It's just, it's just loud in here. And the joke corner is, let's move on to Ariel. <laughs> no, for me, it is like I was saying, like it is one of my favorite movie Disney movies that like that you don't really know about. Like the only reason like we actually went to watch it in the movie theaters was because you know we're big Disney fans, and so we knew that this was coming out. And I'm like, well, of course we're going to watch. And it was just, it's just a very enjoyable easy movie to just watch and like enjoy and especially it's it's has elements where it's very refreshing in the characters of like jay bruchelle even though like he is reluctant he is overall accepting of it like all right let's go let's do this kind of thing there's no like of that worn out trope of like no like you know i can't you know this is weird he's like all right let's you know I accept what's going on. Let's go on and move well, it. Well, I want to say like he that. does. He does refuse it at first a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but it's like for ten minutes, and then he the dragon. He takes down a dragon, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, let's do this thing." And stuff. That was mostly Nick Cage. Like he just smacked like Luke Kang's like belt, and then it's like the dragon kind of messed up, and then Nicholas Cage did the rest. But he believes. Listen, uh, <laughs> the problem was he could do Fing it. And Fang that's how Fung he did. Was it on his best day? That's why he lost. True. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Fred? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Well, what can I say without sucking Nicolas Cage's dick? I mean, is that a problem? Not this time. And not the other times he's been in all the movies that I've watched. Uh, You know, I didn't get to watch it in the theaters because I was like, nah, you know, maybe it's not going to be good. Maybe it is. Uh, But I saw it uh, on, uh, I picked it up on DVD to watch it before. it was, it's a good movie. I mean, it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable for everybody. You're a kid. You're an adult. I mean, you're going to like it. Uh, the story's cool. You know, you get all that action. But even intertwining with that action, you have, uh, like, a, a beautiful love story mm-hmm. with both sets of characters, the older and the younger. And then you see their plight, and then 
You know, uh, you get that little sad moment where you think he's going to die, but then he brings him back to life. I mean, there's, there's really, and then you even get a love triangle. Like, let's be real, there's a love triangle right there. With and Balthazar? I, oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, I mean, it, gives, it makes, it makes um, him more, like, his, yeah. the villain much yeah. more tragic exactly. and relatable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it really ties everything in well. While still being a little bit eccentric, you know, because it's a ma- it's a magical story, right? So you would think like I'm not gonna really find anything to uh, to to attach myself to, but they did such a good job. That, yeah, you do. And by the end of the movie, you're like, oh man, Nicholas Cage is gonna die, and then he doesn't, and then you're like, that's it. That's my man right there. No, I think that going and back to that, that, right at the end. that that was a refreshing thing that that Nicholas Cage's like character actually was like, okay, you could be you could have that love. You know, with when when Jay. yeah, because at first he's resistant, and yeah, and you know, and then you see kind of like later him. on, yeah, he's resistant because he's like, oh, all these bad things happened to me when I fell in love, but then he realizes, then you know what, love, love is the greatest thing. Yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, listen, Flash, end. sometimes you can fall in love, um, not the Green Arrow though. Well, eventually does, and he yeah. with the worst person. But ever. does he? But uh, but but I digress. I digress. Yes, please I'm, stop I'm, digressing I'm, yeah, about I mean, the CW fucking shows. I'm, I'm bringing everybody. I, I I was just gonna hit with a joke, but it, I, I opened up a can of worms right there. My bad. You know, but I I fucking also love this movie and would really recommend it. And like I was saying, it is basically just beat for beat the hero's journey, that template that Joseph Campbell laid out, where you know there's the hero and he gets supernatural aid from some otherworldly thing and blah blah blah. And it's it's just that to a T, but it does it in a really kind of fun and not necessarily new way but it's a way that does feel pretty refreshing and it's just a nice little take on that and it does a good job of kind of you know balancing the action beats the fantasy beats the comedic elements and and it never feels like you never get whiplash you never feel like oh now we're doing this and now we're doing this it, it kind of flows really naturally i thought and i just want to bring up kind of unrelated to anything but my favorite scene in the movie was the standout scene I thought was going to be, at least when I first saw it, the, the mop scene, you know, because that's, you know, the iconic scene that this whole movie is based around. But the scene that really stuck out for me, and it has all these elements, it has the love story, and it has you kind of comedic stuff, and it really deepens his character, is the Tesla coil scene. I fucking love that scene, you know, where it's got that do-do-do-do-do-do-do, and it's got that song. Tell me what you want to <laughs> Yeah, we don't even need to get put, drop it. the track on, because we got, Listen, we got uh, uh, Sergio the on song, here. The song was good. Uh, I, I just I, love I that. I feel like the Tesla coils was almost a ploy just so they could play that damn song. Mm-hmm. I, I love that song though. Like that, well, after, no, the, after I saw this movie, I felt like I fucking love this the song. Same she had a radio. Fucking song they keep playing the whole time. Yep. Yeah. Tell me what you want from me. Oh my god. I'm okay. not gonna lie. I, I, I fucking I'll, I was all, always all about that song after that. After after you finish up, I'll go into detail. No, but yeah, that was that was pretty much all I was gonna say about the that song. I just really like love that scene. Oh, and and I love that they actually give the love interest some shit to do in this movie. Like That's she's not true. just generic love. It she does at the end pretty she much does, save the she day. She feels like her own character. Yeah, too. she does feel like a like a you know a character with her own like goals and beliefs and dreams mm-hmm. and and motivations. And at the end, she's the one who saves the day when she goes up on the tower. And she actually has her own arc too, where she's afraid of heights. And it's a small arc, but she still has an arc. And where she goes up on the ceiling and or all the roofs yeah, and just to and give her just, something to do. Yeah, and uh, takes off the uh, the towers so they can't make that pentagram and they, she can't summon her shit. So it it does feel like there's a lot of like little things in this movie that I feel like really add up. But Alan, what are you gonna say? So I liked it, but had issues with it. Mm-hmm. So that fucking spark song, take it out. It was so fucking annoying because. I would immediately oh. start cringing, and I was like, "I don't oh, want I'm this." I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who treated you so time. bad in life that you hate that song? Right? It was just horrible. Like, especially like, mm-hmm. okay, what bothered me about it was when he's like working on the Tesla coil for like the first scene, like he's in his lab, and then it just and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on? Why? Why is this playing?" It's not playing. Playing the first time. 
He's, the music's playing through the stereo, yeah. but the, the sparks are just making spark noises. It's, it's from her no. radio station. It's yeah. the show that yeah. he so when, cares. This is heart. I, 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 I just hate it. Heart. It was so dumb. What you don't understand is she played that song when he listened on the radio, right? He was trying to get in her pants, right? None of you guys are going to talk mm-hmm. about it, but I am. He was yeah, trying to get I'm in her pants. I'm going to talk about that. Trying to get in her pants. And so what he does is he plays it through the Tesla coils and says, girl, I listen to you. It's some, and yeah. she's, uh, she goes, wow, you really did listen. And he goes, yeah, sure, I did. And then he's like, hey, so uh, there's a lot of space in this place. What's up? And then Nicolas Cage is like, hey, I'm the old uncle. Look at me. Look at the, the, the. He's like, hey, J- hey, Jay Brucho, guess what I did? I stole the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Ain't that a gas? No, but my my issues with the movie was uh, I liked the prologue scene, but I hated it at the same time. Okay. It went by too fast. Okay, now the, what I want to talk about the prologue dump. scene is yeah, it's an exposition dump. It's not done well, and I think that yeah, the reason the re- like the fact that it wasn't done well and it's super like corny because it's a voiceover and it's a, like magic and a bunch of medieval stuff like that, and then but, it instantly cuts to some kid in a New York bus drawing a uh, gorilla on a building through a window. I thought Spider-Man. it was drawing 9-11, and then he, dude. And then he I got so worried because like, I, I was saw waiting for which one first. of us was going to make a joke. <laughs> I was going to say like uh, make oh how they really the CGI was really well. I was hoping they make we the towers make a joke. look real. I, ho- I hope yeah, we were going to make a joke. I could have made a joke like 20 minutes I, ago I hope, but we, I, I hope we can just give over this joke I'm going yeah, so to all cutting this all this stuff out no no, no, no you're keep not. it keep yeah, it keep please it. No, no you got to keep the you banter because people want to hear this banter people yeah, want to hear the 9-11 no yeah. no that's but they want the banter no you uh, just bleep it just bleep it every time someone says 9-11 bleep it stop saying that I'm going to run out of bleeps people are going to think that they're just I'm going to do a 20 second and Ariel what you got to say over here no wait so anyways alright no but real talk I'm not going to do that um yeah, so the prologue scene was. I liked the lore. I liked what they were trying to introduce. I just didn't like the pacing of it. Again, like you guys said, executed really poorly. It was poorly, and then uh, I, I almost stopped watching it with the kid scene where it goes into it. I was like, this is out of like a cheesy ass '90s movie with fucking what's his name uh, from from Home Improvement. He was like always <gasps> shit like that. Tim Allen, not Tim Allen, is um, Jungle Two Jungle. No, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh, JTT, oh, my boy. Yes, it seemed like it was something like that. I'm not going to lie, yeah. Because I, I, I was worried, too. I was like, oh, do I, am I misremembering this movie? Do I remember this movie being awesome? I'm just, like, jaded. Exactly. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, is it going to be like this? Because that, that's how I felt about, like, other movies when I go back and watch yeah. that I would li- liked as a kid. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's not as great as I thought. But uh, I'm not a big love interest guy. That love interest shit, I was like, throw it out the door, dude. That's I not really don't that care. she actually had some stuff to do and wasn't just a cardboard cut out of a character. It was, like, a percentage up. Like, I was like... I guess I cared more about like Monica Bellucci and, and Nicolas Cage because they had like actual like history and I was like they're two badass mages. I was like this is sick as fuck. I was more interested in that and it was tragic because he had a locker away into the Russian doll mm-hmm. and I was like yo yeah. that's that's I like more tragedy mm-hmm. more than actual yeah. love story. So like when shit goes down they're like oh the lo- the the love interest died and now the hero has to go through this. I'm like yes kill the love interest. I need more tragedy. That's what makes it better. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I like both, though. I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm sappy, you know? Uh, and then, okay, I know you guys said the whole cast was great. Jay Bruchel fucking hated him. Really? He was horrible. I thought he played off Nicolas Cage so well. He's just like, no, unless you want to turn into a pig, that just loves physics. And he's just like, um, I don't know about it. I, I like, I, 
I don't for think me, it worked really well together. For me, it was like watching two different movies at the same time. Whenever they were on screen together, you know, Nicolas Cage is just carrying the scene. And then Jay's just like, hey, you know, I hang out with all, like, the Judd Apatow guys. Did you see me in This Is The End? And I'm like, oh, my God, you shut the fuck You're up. You're going to see me in This Is The End in, like, three or four years. Yeah, and I don't know why I'm famous. Oh my God. Other than that, I really enjoyed Dragons, it. Dragons, Toothless. Oh, best yeah, the, best movies that. ever. Best movies ever, too. Thank you. What? This, no, this is the end of the shit. I don't, loved it. Don't hate him. Yeah, so that's much. a good fucking movie. I just didn't care about him. Like, I was so like, much. this don't guy's. So my brothers fucking hate that guy. And I always get into this debate with them because I actually think he's really funny, but my brothers just like fucking well, can't stand him. I, Let's keep that debate off. That's how I kind of felt. Yeah, but the voice? No, I think it's going to go down. Not the voice. I just I just didn't care for him. Like I was like, they could have had somebody else. Because in he embodies the man who's on a quest for Coochie. And that's why he uses magic. I was not going to say Coochie, but I was just going to say he's Yo. just you know, kind of generic everyman, you know, who's... He's oh, it was not a generic, generic everyman. Just, generic, like, kind of like, well, I guess nerd. he's like a... Like, he's just yeah, that that nerd who just kind of has this call to greatness, you know, thrust yeah. upon him. Jeez. All right. Yo. But I mean, nonetheless... Thrust upon somebody. But nonetheless, we <laughs> but all no, enjoyed I, the movie. No, I enjoyed the yeah. hell of it. Yeah, my, my last was, thoughts. I think, I think yeah. nobody here has anything bad to say about the movie. If you haven't seen it... Mm. Go check uh, like it Like I said, you, you, it, you get... A five star, five, five stars from us. It's a. It's a I movie. wouldn't say five stars. Well, no, no, no I mean like, like enjoyment, enjoyment. It was wise. good. I'm not saying like, no, for, I'm saying you're for, gonna enjoy it. You're gonna yeah. enjoy it. I'm, I'm just saying go watch it. Uh, you know, I, I I know that there's times where you'll be like, oh, Nicolas Cage is too much, or all oh, this actor. No, you know what? It, it was. It's good movie. If you yeah. go in with it to enjoy this movie, you're actually gonna enjoy it. Yeah. Now you can always debate every everything else about mm-hmm. it, but you will. In my opinion, I, I believe you will come out enjoying it. Yeah, it's solid. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a solid movie. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I just had my own. Opinion, oh, just yeah, like no, how everybody's, everybody's like, have, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, saying, like, that was my only oh, no, no, little yeah, yeah. nitpick. But I'm other than that, I know there's going to be people out there that are going to see maybe one individual actor and say, I'm not going to watch it because of that guy. Mm-hmm. But I say, you know what? Give it a shot. I, I really do think that at the end of when you're done, you're going to be like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. It mm-hmm. was, I enjoyed yeah. it. It's a pretty, yeah, it's, it's an enjoyable movie. Like, it doesn't deserve the reputation that I had. I think a lot of people, like, really look down on this movie and think it's just kind of like kiddie nonsense. But it's really a lot better than that. And it's not like the greatest fucking movie of all time. But I think that it is definitely worth a watch. I would mm-hmm. really recommend this movie to pretty much anybody. I don't yeah. see any so d- group that I wouldn't recommend yeah. it to. So to put it in Disney terms, you know, go on, go and enjoy this Diamond in the Rough yeah. of a Disney movie. Well, uh, d- and guys, mm-hmm. one thing we always like to talk about at the end is, um, do you guys see this movie's reputation changing? Do you guys think that it might, you know, kind of over time? I think it is, as you show it to more kids and, and to the next generation, I think it, it will become hopefully a classic. I, I think so. You know, I saw it on Amazon. I saw some of the reviews. It seems like it's getting better reviewed on Amazon. I know it's just one place of many, mm-hmm. but it seems like people are enjoying it. Now, I don't know if it's parents for uh, kids or actual, like, it's a, adults it's a enjoying it. It's that could be enjoyed yeah, by both. Yeah, it's something that, that like, yeah. you know, what, what yeah. I was it's saying is, like, I don't know who who's, you know, purchasing it or renting it for mm-hmm. who. If it's the adults for, for the kids or the adults for themselves, but it does seem that uh, it, it is getting somewhat, you know, I'm not saying it's, you know, 10 stars, five stars or whatever, you mm-hmm. know, it's the highest praise, but it does that people tend to give it a, a better praise than they do. So you think it's going to kind of pick oh, yeah. up? I, I think it's going to become like a little cult and a classic in its own right. Okay. And I think, too, with it going to be in a couple months in November, it's going to be widely available to so anybody who wants to just get watch it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and you know what? Well, Disney+, Plus it, yeah. is going to yeah. blow yeah, that think, movie up. Why? I think mm-hmm. we're, there's another one we're going to talk about, um, a, a couple podcasts here that's going to be on Disney+, Plus, and I'll probably mention the same thing, but I do think that's honestly a lot of these Disney movies – 
from the past, they're going to start becoming a lot more popular with Disney+. Plus. People are going to discover all these ones that have been under the radar and underlooked and swept under the rug. They're going to get their second chance on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, thank, right. You, every, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, hit that subscribe button on your podcast app to make sure that you're always notified when a new episode of this show w- um, comes out. And Every other Monday. Yeah, and continue to hear it and con- to continue to hear us babble. And please, if you are willing, give us a rating and a review. Sure, it choose really, those five really, stars. Really helps um, helps us and lets us know what exactly you'd like to hear from this podcast going forward. And we could also um, get better with um, your help. Yeah, and just tell tell a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, tell that's the best way to grow up. Just if you like what you hear, just tell somebody to give us a listen. Yep. And also one last thing, I w- I think I brought it up um, probably through text with the group chat. But if you guys are thinking of any, if you guys out there who listen feel that you know of an underrated movie, comment on it. Let us yeah. know. Maybe we'll take a look because yeah. we're always open to new ideas. Mm-hmm. We're always looking for new stuff. And maybe maybe one day we can actually sit down and look at all the things that you guys write down for us. Yeah. I mean, we can just have an episode of just like talking about mm-hmm. the films that you guys commented. And we can be like, hey, maybe we'll do a yeah. podcast on that. Write you a know, review. Just a kind of a yeah. little, you know, or podcast send, send email. audience uh, kind of interaction, you know. Yeah, send us an email at under uh, undercastcompany at gmail.com, and uh, we'll check it out. And I think that's a really good idea, Alan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once again, we're the Undercast Company. It's We're made up of myself, Ariel, and my brother, Sergio Ortiz, of Nerd Incorporated. That's uh, at Nerd Incorp on Instagram. Alan and Fred Torres what's up, from what's up? District 6. District 6! Shout out to uh, us. Uh, I just want to say that if it wasn't for our mothers... And our father's getting together, like, uh, and not that sounded kind of weird. Movie. That sounded weird. Well, not with themselves, but I'm saying, like, my mom and my dad and his mom and his dad, you know, they, you know, uh, we wouldn't be here today. So, uh, shout out to parents because it's uh, Mother's Day soon. So, shout out to the moms for Although throwing us out. Although, by this time, this airs, it'll probably be after Mother's yeah, Day. Yeah, but you know, you know, it's, it's don't we're letting you guys don't, in. We're just letting, we're yeah, stamping. just, you know, if it wasn't for our mother's uh, birthing us through their canal. Uh, we wouldn't be here today uh, speaking to this the mics. This is the science podcast with Fred. Yeah, yo, yo, shout out to uh, the seamen out there. And finally, Derek McDuff, who I also guest star on his e. Marvel podcast, Infinity Stones and Dragon Bones, where we most recently had an incredible discussion on Avengers Endgame. Sick um, Spoiler invite. alert, I ended up yeah, being I did right. invite you. You couldn't come. I know. Fucking around. I know. Yeah. I know. Spoiler, did you know who's not fucking around this guy you? What? No, no spoilers of... No, it's not anything... Spoiler alert! I ended up being right about certain certain things about the picture of the MCU. Look, the I was right. We were talking about afterwards, Listen, look, right after the movie. Yeah. Uh, spo- spoiler alert! It's it's the multiverse, and uh, here go. Uh, can't wait because that's shout out. That's what's gonna happen. And I'm gonna cut all that out. Yeah, that's a massive I'm spoiler. Cut all <laughs> that shit Listen, out. Did you guys not hear that they said Monday officially was cool to say shit? And if, if you didn't watch the movie, who didn't watch the movie? Tell me who didn't watch the movie. And you got, spoiler alert. It's still spoilers. Still. You know what? Just bleep me out. No, leave the rest of the stuff in, but bleep me out. But you know what? Real talk, if you haven't seen the movie, what are you doing with your life? Like, where is your life? Unless, you, unless you're, you know, buried alive somewhere and you're digging yourself out right now, then I'm sorry. I said something. But if not. Isn't that a Ryan Reynolds movie? That is a Ryan Reynolds movie. We shouldn't cover it, though, because it's not very good. No, we're oh, covering okay. it. I don't know what it is, but I love Ryan Reynolds. All right. <laughs> it's, 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 all right. All right. Well, well, thank you, everybody. Anyway, yeah, we'll that shit went off the rails soon. real quick. We'll be back soon with another film, so stay tuned, and thanks for being amazing. Bye. Bye. Later, guys.